This is the Day Zero Update for December 22nd, 2019. I'm Philip Alpha. I'm Patrick Mifflin. I'm Brian Barkins. And I'm Lee Lamb. And uh, Chris Sologi will be here in a few minutes once he gets back from work. Um, uh-huh. It's the last show of the year, guys. Uh, it's been a hell of a 2019. Uh, yeah. Had its ups and downs. It's what the fuck moments. Mm-hmm. And Google Stadia. So that happened. Yeah. That's just... I, I think that Google Stadia has kind of like become its own thing at this point. Um, yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, we'll talk a bit more about that later. But, uh, yeah, before we get to that, we probably... Let's talk a little bit about what we've been playing this week since it's our last uh, of the year. Um, well, I'm going to be doing some backlog catching up uh, over the holidays for sure. Uh, for now, uh, it's still PC Building Simulator. I'm still enjoying that. Um, still playing Axiom Verge. Um, yeah, that game is so good. It's yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll see in 2020 if we could get Tom back on the show and you know, talk to him about Axiom Verge too. That, that'll mm-hmm. be fun. Just how he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Apparently, he got a nice chunk of change from Nintendo to uh, make it the timed exclusive for Switch. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm. Well. <clears throat> with what I've heard, uh, he every little bit is helping. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, sure, I'm mad at him. No, no, really. It's like uh, it's, it, it's weird because I've been looking at the switch over the past year, thinking, okay, is it time to jump? And this is the game that's going to do it. <laughs> so, Interesting. Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of been it for me. How about you, Pat? Um. It's been a Street Fighter week for me. I went down to a tournament in Salt Lake on Thursday, and um, it went about how I expected it to. And up until that point, I pretty much just spent the time practicing. Hmm. Um, I definitely have work to do in Third Strike and Ultra Street Fighter 4, but um, yeah, Super Turbo just, it, it's like riding a bicycle. <laughs> yeah. Um, you never forget how, and... Sometimes you do forget how much fun it can be. So, yeah, it, um, it's safe to say that uh, the love of the game is back. <laughs> yeah, I was watching the stream uh, from the event. Um, was it? Yeah, it was Thursday night. Yep, it was uh, a lot of fun. It, it it was nice when they actually decided to like uh, have somebody do commentary because, yeah, apparently yeah, they just... early on it wasn't um, well. The people who were doing commentary were also in the tournament. So yeah, that was, so that's kind of a, yeah problematic. But so th- um, things had to settle down a bit before there could be regular commentary. But yeah, um, and then there was. Yeah, so. I, I just found it kind of funny that, uh, like I said on the on, on Friday when we talked about it, uh, like Nate was the only one that actually was able to take you down. So. Yeah, I, I've known him since like two thousand two, two thousand three. So. Yeah. He knows all my bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Kind of wish I had mentioned that on the, the stream chat. They probably would have been able to. <laughs> oh, I told them. Yeah. So. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah. I just didn't know what character he was going to be coming off the wall with. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I need to I need to get some of my, um, my second string characters into practice for situations like that because um, I definitely need to be able to, to have a – you know, a Balrog or, you know, maybe Geef on on, t- on deck to handle a situation like that. Yeah. 
but it was fun. Yeah, it looked like a fun time. For... All right. All right, All right so well, you, well, as for me, uh, I've mostly weaned myself off of Fortnite because that was a black hole from which I couldn't escape and I had to get out somehow. Um, so I basically weaned myself back onto Apex Legends, <laughs> which is basically Fortnite Overwatch. Hmm. But it's good, and I've actually gotten better at it. Uh, I have actually managed to... Uh, win twice now so but i'm not exactly sure how much of that is if i've actually gotten better at the game or if i just got lucky Hmm. because that's a game that it is really you know because it is actually much tougher than fortnite because fortnite in hindsight is actually pretty forgiving in a lot of ways Hmm. um mostly because fortnite it uh it's not as stingy with like all of the uh, health and shield power ups. Yeah. Um, whereas with Apex Legends, you know, it, you, you know, you're, you know, I mean, even with Fortnite, the shields are a welcome addition, but they're also kind of paper thin. But the ones in Apex Legends are even thinner. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing about Apex Legends is you've also got to get armor. So like. You know, helmets and stuff like that. You know, bulletproof vests, things like that. Right. And uh, it's also... The the terrain is also a lot more treacherous than Fortnite. Because there you have to deal with things like lava pits and shit like that. Mm. But it's definitely a lot of fun. Um, I will say the one thing I don't like about the game is the sort of... The, the so like one of the mechanics in Apex Legends is that if you you know because it's it's still very squad focused so it's you and two other people against a bunch of other squads and if you are you know shot you know and basically go down there's like this limited amount of time where you can basically crawl around so that if you're lucky one of your squad mates is nearby and can basically give you first aid and that's all well and good but unless you are there's like either that happens or like someone from other the other team just decides to come up and kill you Mm. which can either just be you know them shooting you or they can use one of those uh finishing moves that basically every character has and yeah, there's like this drag out point where it's like, okay, somebody either just get me now or let me die. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's very humiliating. I'll be honest. Hmm. There's also the fact that um, if you do die, but some of your other squads are around, they can actually like get a hold of your banner and take you to like a respawn point so they can bring you back. Yeah, but. That's all up to like the whether or not your team, the rest of your teammates, is actually willing to do that. Yeah. So basically, you're kind of just stuck there until either you respawn or the rest of your squad dies. Hmm. Yeah, this kind of sounds like a game that's probably better if you have a a, a regular group that you play with. Uh, I wouldn't say that much. Hmm. It's it's there are just it's. It's mostly just uh, small, small things for me. Yeah. Um, and other than that, also been playing Doom. 
the most recent one, not the old one. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, if you're on PSN right now, uh, Doom on the on the Sony on the store is on sale for like five dollars right now. So, <laughs> yeah, for five bucks, yeah, buy that shit. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Um, can't wait to see uh, what happens with Doom Eternal next year. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, one other thing. Uh, Sakura Wars. Yes, I blame Sakura Wars, the original Sega Saturn one. Yeah. Uh, I, For those who don't know, there's been this group who's been doing a sort of a fan translation of Sakura Wars for the last few years, and they finally finished it this week. Yeah. So they put out the English language patch, and basically you just take that. You take your uh, ISO files for Sakura Wars um and patch them up uh, it's kind of a process it requires like using things like iso buster and stuff like that yeah. and then put it on a yabuse and you know the saturn um emulator and it's good to go yeah. a lot of fun yeah yeah i had to do that with the shining force 3 translation so i kind of know how much of a pain that is <laughs> yeah it's a pain in the ass i won't <laughs> lie but it's worth it yeah I only have to do it once. So only have to do it once and never again. Yeah. So, all right. So, Lee, what about you? Uh, so I finished uh, Katana Zero, which mm. was fucking incredible. I played it again. I played it earlier this year, but I was playing it again for our Game of the Year stuff, and that's definitely top five. Um, I have been replaying Neo Cab. Same thing. That's going to be on my Game of the Year list. Um, and I need to add it to the list. I didn't finish it up, but um, Disco Elysium. Um, yeah. I don't even. I don't even know what to say about that game. It is one of the weirdest, mm-hmm. but like coolest fucking games I have ever played. Yep. Like it, it's like, it, it's weird. It, I, I, like I said, I don't even know where to begin to start with this, but it's just for anybody that hasn't played it. It's like you, you play a detective, you wake up like drunk and it's basically erased your personality. Mm-hmm. And you basically have dice rolls against your personality to make the game work. So like different parts of your body talk to you and all that. So like your whole body is basically your party. Um, and like it talks shit to you and, and all kinds of stuff. The game is fucking bananas. Um, it was like, do you guys remember deja vu? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Right. Okay. It's like that. But if somebody did like acid. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I That's play what this it game. reminds me of. It is a fucking trip because it's like you're you know it's again it's a detective story you're trying to figure out a murder and all that it's much more fleshed out it doesn't do things like it's not like you know you reach you you choose to reach for your gun or anything but it it is i got such strong deja vu vibes um playing it like this is is high praise it i'm telling you it's a fucking trip um and, and and there's a lot more internal stuff like but the, and that was that was the big kind of thing that it, that really kind of reminded me of was you know in Deja Vu there's all this inner monologue you guys remember that shit oh yeah except like like this is this but like it's your your own inner monologue talking shit back to you mm-hmm. like it's fucking bananas man like it, and that's definitely that's probably going to be my number two game of the year of course I'm you guys can I'm sure figure out what my number one is mm-hmm. um, but yeah I I highly recommend it. Um, it is extremely well written. You definitely want to sit down and take some time with it. Um, but I, I've, I've, I really have never played anything like it. Um, and it is, it, like I said, it's just a trip. And like I said, I got deja vu vibes coming off of it just based on like the interactions. But like I said, it's not like, 
know, you wake up with a pounding headache, but then it's like, that, unlike deja vu, then it'll be like your head talking shit to you. Like you did it again, didn't you? And it's like, what? like just, I'm telling you, it is so worth it. Um, I don't, I don't know, probably 20, 25 hours, maybe. Hmm. Um, but it's, it, you know, it has a point and click interface and, and a lot of that stuff. And, and it's just, um, a good chunk of its voice acted. It's really well done. The writing is super sharp. Um, so I definitely, definitely suggest everybody play that. Just like I said, it's a weird game. So just know that going into it. Um, but if you, I feel like anybody that's had any sort of self-loathing in their life or has told their inner dialogue to shut the fuck up. Mm. Um, oh, that's me. This is a game that you should absolutely play. Um, so yeah, so that, and then, uh, Still, just kind of slowly, slowly going through Xenogears. I'm just, um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm about to get. Uh, was it Billy? I think is the guy's name. Yeah. Um, the guy with the kid with the guns. I'm about to get him. I just met him, so I think that'll be popping off here in a minute. But, uh, but yeah, there's that, and um, I'm hopefully going to be able to play some games this weekend when I'm off, which would be nice. Yeah. Um, I started. Uh, was it after after party? Which seems fucking hysterical. Hmm. Um, so I need to, I need to get on that, but, but yeah, so seriously, anybody, I totally suggest, um, Disco Elysium. It's one of the weirdest fucking games I've ever played, but it is an absolute experience. Uh, and there's really, there's just nothing out there like it. Hmm. Um, so highly, highly recommended. If, if it wasn't for, um, Dragon Quest 11, that would definitely be my, my game of the year yeah. and i don't give a shit what dan reb says because that game came out this year uh-huh. and it's the complete version so he's not gonna like be like no that that doesn't work <laughs> and then i'm also gonna list witcher 3 as well um well because that technically did come out for this year exactly <laughs> exactly so it's going on that motherfucker so but yes guys play disco elysium it is fucking bananas. i think it's on sale for 30 bucks too right now but i'm sure it'll go on sale again in the future if you know you're yeah. all Tied up, but totally, totally worth it. I highly recommend it. Yeah, before we start on the news, you might as well uh, like run us through some of the stuff you've been doing, Chris. Uh, yeah, so I did. I'm starting to do some holiday streams uh, since it's the season for that. Uh, so yesterday I played some Rocket League because they have their Frosty Fest event that's going on. Uh, just no special thing going on other than they have special items to get. Uh, you get uh, snowflake tokens after matches uh, to spend on that stuff. So I got a couple of those things. Uh, the thing that was noteworthy about that stream is we started off really well. I uh, won like the first three or four games, mm-hmm. and I just went cold the rest of the stream. <laughs> uh, just the worst luck uh, possible. I even called it like, "Oh, oh, this is where they're just going to get three goals here in the last minute. And just all this bullshit's going to happen. We're going to lose." <laughs> and you know, just going nuts over that. Uh, and ended the stream just trying to get one last win. Uh, to hopefully end on a good note, I uh, decided to change up and play some drop shot. I was kind of switching between the regular 3v3 mode and the snow day hockey mode. Uh, played some drop shots and just got mm-hmm. destroyed there. As well, I was like, all right, just fucking end this. I'll just buy something so something good comes out of this whole thing. It was just one of those. That game is very prone to streakiness. Because hmm. uh, I was playing that a bunch earlier, so I think I used up most of my good luck then. Uh, before the stream, which is how it always goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you play better when you're not streaming versus when you are. Uh, so yeah, that was that was a ridiculous stream. And like those first three games, I had some really good uh, goals. 
It's like, I almost know what I'm doing here. Then the rest of the stream is like, no, I don't. I know. It's like the the disconnect between what my brain knows what to do versus what my hands were doing uh, was not was not working properly. Uh, but yeah, tonight we're going to be playing, I think, since it's a retro Sunday, we're going to play some uh, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. I have that on the Wii U. That's a good little snow uh, winter-themed game. Uh, play some of that. And uh, like Tuesday, we're going to do uh, Hitman, Holiday Hitman. Because uh, they have two of their uh, little holiday versions of uh, levels up now, as well as they took uh, 12 contracts from uh, 12 of the best uh, uh, people in the community that make contracts, which are sort of the... You can go into a stage and essentially pick anybody in the stage, any AI uh, person to be like the target or multiple people and set different kinds of challenges. Like you have to have this outfit and kill them with this weapon mm-hmm. or, you know, lots of different, uh, different parts of the challenge. And people made like, Oh, here's a, a diehard in- inspired stage, that kind of thing. Uh, a lot of cool stuff like that. Mm. Uh, I think the, 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 the diehard one, the, they want you to kill a guy named Don McCain. <laughs> Uh, instead of John McClane, uh, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So uh, we're going to play a bunch of that stuff and probably uh, go a little bit longer on that one because uh, I want to try and play everything I can mm-hmm. on that, probably go to midnights because uh, we've been missing some days here and there the last few weeks, so I kind of want to make that up. Uh, I think I posted the, the schedule on the Twitch or on the, the Twitter page uh, for what we're doing for streams, which is pretty much doing uh, – I think it's – yeah, we're doing – uh, today, or it was yesterday, today, uh, Christmas Eve, 24th, 26th, 27th, 28th, 29th, 31st, and New Year's Eve stream. Then we'll do play some Game of the Year stuff for the second. Uh, once we got the, the full staff list up there. Um, but yeah, it's going to be all fun. Start at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, yeah, we're affiliates now, so we can take subscriptions for people that enjoy the streams. Uh, definitely do that money. I'll go back into getting games and maybe it gets you know good enough. Maybe get some new equipment. But yeah. for the time being, it's going to be going back into the into making sure we can get games a little bit a little bit cheaper than we having to pay all out of pocket. Yeah. Um, as for other stuff, I've been playing, uh, watching The Witcher, the show. Uh, I decided to download The Witcher Three on PC and see yeah. if I could turn all the settings down to get it looking anywhere like the Switch version. Hmm. Uh, it still looks too good. Yeah, you, you can't. <laughs> you have, resolution to, you have down, to do I and I editing to get it to look that bad. <laughs> well, yeah, like I could turn down the resolution to like 720p and it looked a little bit there, but even just turning off everything, it's like it's still pretty clean looking. Hmm. Uh, even when I accidentally put the resolution to like a four by three resolution, uh, which did not go well on a widescreen monitor. Nope, it just looks really fucking weird, but. Uh, I'll probably end up just playing it because I, I guess I lost my save at some point I had on there. So I'll probably just go and continue it on PS4 instead. Mm. Not worry about uh, starting over again from scratch. Mm. Even though I don't really remember anything that goes on. We took out a griffin, I guess, and I got to like the second town. That's about all I remember. Mm. Um, but yeah, I also played some more Wadham. Uh, and that's still just fucking weird as hell. Uh, got to the point where this house, I guess you find out the, the mayors are brothers. Uh, they were together as kids uh, for some reason. And then this house comes down from another dimension 
I guess might have been your childhood, the, their childhood house, something like that, and they want you to bring people over to, I don't know. The house just wants, it's really sad until you bring over the right people. It gives you like little icons of the specific characters to bring over. Hmm. One looked like a weird, like, like a floppy rake. I was, I was looking around my characters like, I guess it could be the fork. It doesn't really look like that, but and like the, there's like a squid toy was one of them. Real weird. This game's just fucking weird as hell, which is exactly what I want. <laughs> uh, but yeah, also trying to get back into PC uh, building simulator. That yeah. game is not good if you've been away from it for too long. Yeah. Because you're like, why? what are these packages I have coming in for? <laughs> what? What? Why? Okay, why are these? Like, what am I supposed to do? And it's like, I'm just going to start over. Because mm. I also know more about what than what I started so I can better finish off uh, jobs and all that. Yeah. Because uh, I did one, I replaced the CPU and I forgot to put the thermal paste on. It's like one star. And I'm like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it does nothing to no, it doesn't tell you. help you. Hmm. It's not like, oh, you should put that on, even though it'll bitch every little thing if you don't have the cable in there. Hmm. Uh, it's like, oh, the case isn't back on. It's like, Jesus Christ, you can put this on yourself. Just auto do this shit. Uh, but yeah, if you don't uh, don't put the thermal paste on, it'll ding you super hard. Yep. Uh, I mean, there's a reason for that. <laughs> yeah, but it walks you through pretty much every other thing you're putting together. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, it's just that one thing. It's like uh, you got you got to remember this yourself. Yeah. Well, there's got to be one little thing that. Uh, yeah. Then people, you have to also parse like their messages. Be like. This person says, I haven't cleaned in a long time. I guess that means I need, need to clean it out. Yep. Because uh, they're a fucking disgusting pig. <laughs> Doesn't even clean it before sending it out to somebody. Mm-hmm. Use the eternal uh, um, compressed care can of air. Yeah, never ends, so that's a good one. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that game's, that game's still fun and uh, very strange. Yeah, it'll be nice once the console versions actually get updated to the level of the PC version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was gotten some updates. I don't know what the. I don't think there's any holiday stuff like you were mentioning. Yeah. Yeah. They uh, said, not uh, yet, at least. They're supposed to bring it up to date, like uh, early part of 2020, like probably I think January or February. They're gonna. Uh, bring well, that'll it up. be good for the for the holiday updates. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas decorations in January. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's been pretty much it. Just still waiting for this damn emote to get approved. Hmm. I don't know what it's tomorrow will be a week since I put it in hmm. still pending for some reason, uh, which is just our, uh, smashed, uh, controller. Yeah. Uh, will be the emotes still says pending. So I don't know. They're not too good on communication on that stuff. Yeah. It's probably nobody at the office right now. <laughs> yeah. But I figured that'd be something I could, they could just do remotely. Yeah. It's like check them just go like, yep, that's good. That's good. That's good. You know, hmm work through it as long as uh, people aren't putting vulgar stuff or anything like that. Yeah. I know one person I follow who has, uh, I think it's a tier two emote that is just the word balls. <laughs> and that got approved. Yeah, because she works at Twitch mm. too. She's a Twitch partner too. Mm. So I think as long as it's not like a pair of testicles or a dick or anything mm. dumb like that, it's words are fine. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's been pretty much it. 
All right. Uh, so let's get on to the news. Uh, first story I wanted to start with is uh, just a bit of a heads up. Uh, the uh, Westwood Studios version of Blade Runner that came out uh, mm-hmm. 90, 97, 98 on the PC is finally available uh, on GOG. Uh, this is made largely possible due to the work of the, the Scum VM folks. Uh, a couple of months ago, they released an update with the only possible, the only thing that it did was get, uh, Blade Runner to work. As this was a problematic game. Uh, the, the kind of stuff that Westwood did, uh, they did a lot of proprietary hacks to the Scum VM engine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Scum engine that they were using. Uh, and, uh, it was also a early Windows 95 game, 95, mm. 97 game. So it's like nothing, uh, nothing modern can actually run it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's now available. It's one, it's 10 bucks, 1.2 gigabytes. It's got, uh, the original voice cast is in there. Uh, there's a bit of randomization. So you never really know who's the replicant and who isn't, uh, yeah, it's uh, if you wanna if you're a fan of the movie and uh, you like have wanted to play the game, uh, this is your chance to do so because uh, it's actually a really good game. So yeah, check that one out. Uh, in other news, uh, we've got uh, Arden Azunia coming to Decidia uh, NT in January. Yep. Trailer just dropped, and oh, wow. I still love how they do these Decidia trailers. Hmm. Um, it's definitely. They definitely know what they're doing with uh, character reveals. Hmm. So, and they're still supporting Decidia, which is pretty nice. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a kind still of still worth getting into if you haven't already. Yeah. Fun game. Yeah. Well, if you weren't me, then yeah, it would be. <laughs> uh, nope that's that's not going to work for me. Uh, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, so that's a problem. Yeah, uh, at least there's a free to play version of that game for people to check out. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, kind of the the same model as uh, Killer Instinct was early on. You get like a specific character that you can play. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so we'll move on. Uh, so Microsoft clarifies the Xbox Series X branding. Okay, uh, we were confused. This just gets weirder and weirder. Yeah, because now uh, it's not it's it's not Series X. It's it's Xbox. Uh, it, the next Xbox is just called Xbox. If they yeah. just wanted this thing to be called Xbox, they could have just called it Xbox. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like um, maybe they were listening to us, but they didn't listen to the right thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's now called Xbox, but the model is Series X. So, yeah. It's, it's, we've uh, kind of There's talked still many... stuff we don't know, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. But it implies that there probably will be a Series S if they want to keep the same kind of uh, consistency with the uh, original Xbox One. Uh, well, original Xbox One, because uh, the Xbox, the original Xbox One was just Xbox One, and then we had Xbox One S later, and then we yeah. had Xbox One X. Uh, but now we're going to have Xbox. Um, so if you're talking about Xbox, now you have to be very specific whether you mean Series X or original, uh, you know, night 2001 era Xbox. Uh, because why would you make it, uh, you know? In any way comprehensible. Yeah, they just need to get to what like a fuck? PlayStation or iPhone style. Like, yeah. it was just Xbox, and it's Xbox Two, Xbox Three. You know, you don't have to do the Series X, Series S. It's just you can go from there. And 
Yeah. You know, don't worry about the numbers smaller than PlayStation. Like, who cares? The problem. Yeah, you can't. You can't make these names backward compatible. Just come up with something new. Fuck. Yeah. Problem is, like, Apple tried this with the iPad, and they had to like walk that back because it was because it was more confusing. Yeah. yeah, they try like the new iPad. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like no, that's just what people call the new one. It's yeah, it's not the that's not the product name. Yeah, Nintendo did it too with the new 3ds. <laughs> yeah, so at least that made sense. There's 3ds and new 3ds XL yeah. and all that. Yeah, but after they the... call the first 3dx the yeah. 3ds like 3dx a 3ds series XL. <laughs> like why is this XL? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, still, uh, if if you click on the link just below it, uh, Microsoft's marketing is still far better than this Indiegogo campaign. Um, mm-hmm. Did did nobody like in the least bit even consider what they were naming this thing? Mm. Um, uh, I'd say they probably knew exactly what they're getting. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. why we are talking about it now. <laughs> Yeah, we're talking about it now, but none of us are backing it, even though laser engraving is pretty cool. And, uh, oh, they yeah. got 2,500 backers, so. Yeah, 2,500 backers, a million plus dollars for the Laser Packer Pro. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear God. Uh, and you'll remember that name. Oh, you will definitely remember that name. Uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, for 300 bucks. Mm. You better remember that name. Uh-huh. Um, all right, so what do we want to do next? Uh, Microsoft Series X ad is kind of being uh, uh, alleged to be plagiarizing a couple of elements. Well, like the the sort of uh, Shining animation in particular is the one that everyone's picking up to because it basically looks like they straight up copied it from, what is it, um... I mean that it, they play it side by side, and it's like, wow, it's almost frame for frame. Yeah, at dry least lights, half of it uh, is. It's that part of it is. It, it, the thing that always bothers me when this kind of stuff comes up on Reddit, it's like, uh, doesn't nobody really seems to think that two people, entities, organizations could come up with the same idea in isolation? Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah. And if you're going to do like lighting lighting techniques, sometimes there's just is only one way to do it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's not like the like a Robo's theme in Chrono Trigger is like, oh, somehow you just came up with uh the the you know the the SNES version of, you know, never going to give you up. <laughs> that just didn't come out of thin air. <laughs> yeah. It's just you know, you probably heard it at some point. Even if you didn't, weren't specifically listening to it, yeah, you just somehow come up with that exact song. Yeah, and like, uh, I, I love uh, David O'Reilly, who's basically wanted people to know that uh, uh, he didn't he didn't copy Microsoft. Uh, he's not uh, he's not accusing Microsoft of copying everything trailer, but he wants everybody to know that uh, he didn't copy Microsoft because everything came out in 2017. I, I just point that out. Uh, yeah. If anybody's going to think that, uh, it really shouldn't take too much research to figure out that that wouldn't be possible on, with without a time machine. Mm. Uh, yeah, so uh, this is just an example, people. I think, of internet outrage looking for something. Yeah. You mean, you mean people on the internet get upset and then yell about stuff? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing. Wow. Wow. Mm. Well. 
Yeah. They'll grasp onto anything that supports their outrage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the fact that Microsoft hasn't really come out and said anything about it is, uh, you know, adding fuel to the fire, so to speak. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, licensing the same uh, philosopher's quotes, oh, that, that's, that, mean, that must mean it's they're copying. Uh, yeah. Mm. yeah. Anyway. Uh, speaking of licensing deals, um, the author of The Witcher and CD Projekt Red have uh, come to a licensing agreement, so that whole spat is now at an end. Yeah, so Andre Zepkowski is finally getting that uh, chunk of change he's been wanting. Yep. Um, That's good. Yeah, to be fair, though, it wasn't like he was really hurting for money, because although The Witcher, you know, the games are probably internationally popular, he's gotten a lot of other stuff. Yeah. Uh, to get money from too, um, yeah. in particular the uh, current series that's on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, I highly recommend. I'm on episode four. Holy crap, is it good? It. I'm on six. It. Yeah, on my, it's on my to-do list. So, so. Yeah. Holy oh, shit, it is good. <laughs> it's very gory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've probably seen the uh, the one seen Brandon, uh, where somebody gets uh, changed. <laughs> yep. Change forms and. The, uh, they pull something out. You're like, "Ooh, uh, that's not great." Yeah, <laughs> I would not like it. I'm not even in that gender, and I uh, that's that, that's painful to watch. Yeah. Uh, all I all I know is that uh, Henry Cavill is beefcake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and he is a completely is straight man. Yeah, uh, that man is a that man is a beefcake. Mm. Yeah. He is also absolutely 100 percent Geralt. It just yep. it like yeah. It this is. I gotta. This is one of those things I, I want to take the time to enjoy because I'm such a huge fan of of the yeah. books and of of the the game. So I'm I'm real. Yeah. I'm well, you're be... gonna like this then because the Netflix series is based specifically on the books. All right. Awesome. So yeah, you my, definitely recognize a lot of, of it too. Yeah, yeah. My wife was like, um, "Man, there's about to be a whole bunch of thirsty ass housewives that are all of a sudden oh, in yeah. fantasy." <laughs> I was like, "Damn, all right, that's cold, baby." She's like, "It's yeah. true. Yeah. Watch." So and, and I mean I, I I understand a man's beefcake. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like this is probably a better role for him than like Superman. Yeah, like, I feel like yeah. I feel like he would have been a pretty good Superman if it wasn't with Snyder. Yeah, um, and like the stuff that you know that Whedon had shown in Justice League was pretty good. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm much more interested in uh, in um, in seeing how he is as Geralt. Hmm. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so we got some hardware news. Um, Sony revealed the DualShock 4 back button attachment coming out in January for 30 bucks. I struggled to see what the point of this is. It's so fucking weird. Well, Why even yeah. bother? Uh, as an NHL 20 player, I could get into this. Yeah, it seems... Because it's, it's a much better alternative than spending 200 bucks on a controller you're not sure you need. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a much cheaper option to get like one of the major features of that sort of thing. Hmm. I think you can have like three profiles, so you can have it sort of set for when you want to switch over games, that yeah. sort of thing. Uh, seems like it would be, it might be also useful if you uh, take it to other platforms, use your DualShock 4 on other platforms uh, as well, because it set, sets the profiles in the in the device itself. Yeah. So it's not on the OS uh, to do it. So you can kind of uh, have that accessible if you use it on Steam or uh, iPhone, Android, whatever. All right. Um, yeah, that'll be out. I think the twenty third, January twenty third, hmm. for thirty bucks. It seems like kind of impulse territory. Yeah, like, yeah I'll, 
I might pre-order that just to check it out. Yeah. You know, like the same level of me getting the Steam controller. Yeah. Be like, oh, I'll use this for a little bit and see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. You might uh, end up like It's less it. hassle than the Steam controller, too. Why, why is there a screen on the back of it? Uh, just to let you know what uh, button, like what profile you have set up. Uh, and so you can map it independently of the console. Yeah. I guess it's just not my jam, man. Yeah. I mean, you have yeah. an elite controller. You don't need this. Yeah. Shit, I got a few. I got a few elite controllers because I'm that guy. <laughs> yeah, just that guy. Hmm. No, I gotta have. I have one for my Xbox and I have one for my PC. I don't like. Sh- I don't like shuffling. Hmm. Um, yeah, I can't so, swap them. Hmm. You know. Yeah. So. But yeah, it's uh, it's neat. Probably a good test for PS5. Probably. See how this does, and if so, they might do their own elite. Yeah. You know, if you want something that's you know similar to a scuff, that's kind of a cheaper way of going going about it. So yeah, Although which I think scuff just got purchased by Corsair. Yeah, I did. So yeah, they're yeah, they're getting like a little bit more funding everything. there. <laughs> yeah, hmm. so like oh, two hundred dollar controllers, we can we can get it on that market. Yeah. <laughs> so go along with the two hundred and fifty dollar closed loop liquid coolers and yeah. RGB RAM. We'll put those liquid controllers in the in the controllers. Yeah. <laughs> Just cut out the middleman of those fan controllers. <laughs> All right. Another news we got uh, Google has bought uh, Typhoon Studios. Um, yeah, makers of uh, Journey to the Savage Planet, and they're going to be developing Stadia games. Because apparently Google hasn't realized the Stadia is dead. You guys, I want to uh, tell you how fucking crazy this shit with Stadia is or Stadia. Hmm. My kid is like, yo. People in people in my high school are shit talking it. Like, damn. Like, of course. I mean, of course. Like, we all played video games in high school, so of course they're talking shit about it. But like, he's like, nah, dad. Like, you don't understand. Like, they think this thing's a piece of garbage. Like, damn. All right. Well, yeah, like, that's, that's not a good one. <laughs> if it's dead with the childrens, you know, what's it gonna be like with some some older folks like us? Like, yeah, and that's, that's like specifically thinking, the you know? generation that Google is hoping to get. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yep. no, 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 no. Yeah, especially because it's it's a very confusing service to get into right now because you have to buy this specific bundle that comes with the uh, the Chromecast that you need and the controller. But the controller still doesn't work. I think with the Wi-Fi, nope. Yet they don't have like major features like achievements working and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and. They should, I guess they should be charging for the bundle because it's like beta testing, but also those people should be getting like more free games, like for dealing with the crap right now. Because I, I heard Jeff Gersman talking about on uh, the Giant Bombcast, like he finally the other day found another person playing on Mortal Kombat <laughs> to play against. Uh, and it's like, it's a game that needs to be, needs to have more people in it. Yeah. Uh, or else. You're just playing a single player game, and at that point, you should just get the PC version on Steam or whatever yeah. uh, to play with. Cause not having compatibility with the other platforms, even on PC, is not great. Because yeah. they're going to want as big an audience to get people being fine with their Stadia stuff, but yeah, not having, like, intentionally walling yourself off from the overall community is not, it's not where games are going right now. No. <laughs> for especially multi-platform stuff. Yeah, stuff is getting closer together, not you know, 
being split off. I mean, cross. Yeah. There's a reason people want crossplay. Yeah, hmm. it's not to spend sixty bucks on their game and realize they got five people they can play with. Yeah, total. Yeah, like it's not. It's not a multiplayer community. Yep. Plus, if you're looking at something like Mortal Kombat, I can't imagine uh, playing Mortal Kombat against somebody online with double lag. Yeah. That that just doesn't seem appealing to me because you got latency on yeah. both sides. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is this is dead on arrival, and um, apparently only Google is uh, the, the ones that aren't, aren't aware of it yet. Um, so we'll see in 2020 if it actually gets anywhere, or if Google has somehow invented faster than light technology to uh, you know uh, smooth out that latency because uh, yeah. machine learning yeah. ain't going to do it. Sorry. Nope. Yeah, we know that people are not willing to pay up front for a service that they have to buy the games on. Yeah. Uh, for streaming stuff just yet. Like nope. PlayStation has a good audience because they can also download them yeah. and play them locally if they need to. Uh, it also has a huge, like, 800 games that you get with the service. Yeah. Versus, like, two or three that Stadia has right now. I think yeah. they give you one of the Tomb Raider games, Samurai Showdown, and Destiny 2. Yeah. It's like, it's not bad, but that's it's not where it needs to be to convince people, like, this is a service I should invest in. Yeah. Especially since there's, like, you know, 20 be, people you know, playing awesome. Destiny 2. <laughs> It would be, be super awesome if they could figure out a way to get, like, other ISPs to remove data caps. Yeah. That's what he wants. Um, but, what kills me is is that how could you even think about fucking launching a system like Stadia when you know data caps are exist. everywhere? Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> like, that's like me deciding that I'm going to fucking produce, like, a fucking car in an area that has no roads and is muddy all the time. Like, no, bitch, you need a truck. <laughs> like, it's the same kind of, like, I can't fucking, I can't design a Corvette and go, well, we're going to go mudding with this. Hmm. You know, like, what the fuck? I just, this is like, this is one of those things that still just strikes me as a product looking for a consumer and yeah. not the other way around. Yeah. Or a vanity project. Like, somebody was like, well, I have the fucking fastest internet ever and I don't have a cap. What if I just didn't have to deal with the PC? Like, that sounds awesome, right? And then everybody else is in America is like, no. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's that seems to be the audience that they want, but apparently that audience doesn't exist. So, anyway, funny how that works. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, last story before we just do the year-end recap. Uh, we deal with patches all the time. Um, now, apparently, you're gonna have to start dealing with patches when you go to the movies. Um, yeah, Cats the movie is getting patched to uh, fix some of the uh, special effects. Yeah, this seriously might be like my favorite story of the year because like yeah. I did not see the movie, but I I saw pictures like where apparently like Judy Dench's hand turns from like a cat hand to a normal hand to another hand, and then like one of the cats is sort of like an amorphous blob. And mm-hmm. apparently, just what happened was is that they just the guy was working on the special effects till the very end, <laughs> and so mm-hmm. the the patched version is downloading this evening. If movie theaters have a, a a file set up for it, and then hard drives are being delivered on Tuesday, if they don't have a the internet to actually download the new movie, um, this is so fucking stupid and also hysterical. I don't really quite know what to do with myself. Like, 
we have to deal with day one patches all the time in games, and now it's like a movie thing as well. Like, what if this actually becomes something that happens more often? Like, yeah. no, I won't see it the first day because the effects might be unfinished. <laughs> that means opening weekend. It's going to be like... Opening weekend is fucked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or like the 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 audiences coming out of the opening weekend don't like this thing about it, and they fix it. Like this story beat or whatever. Right. And it's yeah. like, hey, come back next weekend and you'll get uh, you know, version 1.1. Yeah. Well, the, other the, thing story. That, the other thing that trips me out is like, what does this mean for people that saw this bitch on, on like opening night? Because like when we went and saw Star Wars on Friday, there were people seeing cats. And I'm sitting here thinking like, so these guys going to get refunds? Like, <laughs> no. I would be pissed. <laughs> you know, like, wait a minute. You fucking like – because here's the thing. We've seen people put out, like, movies that were incomplete or the script wasn't quite where it needed to be. You know, we have seen stuff on the cutting room floor. But nobody ever adds that in a couple of days after. No, you usually you know? wait for, like, a Blu-ray release or whatever. Exactly. Like, yeah. Like, what the fuck? Uh, I think it is hysterical. Like, this is this strikes me as one of those things, like, these guys have no idea to what to do with the technology we have. That's the problem here. They don't know what to do. Like they're just losing their shit and being like, so wait a minute, you mean you can rush anything out the door now? <laughs> just add to it later? Like and yeah. then you know there was some executive that's like, well video games do it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, this, this is not gonna go well <laughs> if this catches yeah. on. And you know I just realized um this is what could have ended up happening with the Sonic movie. Yeah? I mean, fortunately, that's we not actually, what yeah. they did. They actually went back and redid the model, and now it actually yeah. looks, looks like good. a yeah. decent movie. Yeah, we saw the we saw the trailer. Um, not this past, not for Star Wars, but we went and saw Jumanji last weekend. Mm-hmm. It actually looks pretty decent. Yeah, I was, I was shocked. And fucking Jim Carrey's chewing scenery is Doctor Robotnik. Mm. So As he does just everything he has to do. <laughs> yeah. Which, if yeah. he's going to be in a movie, that's what he has, what he needs to do. I think it's in his contract that he has to be given at least um, one piece of um, of background to consume for every scene that he's in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would agree. I would agree. Yeah, I, I I still like that motherfucker though, man. Yeah, he still makes me laugh. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So but yeah, patching movies, y'all. That's where we're at. Yep. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's keep an eye like on when this. they like when they re-released uh avengers endgame hmm. uh that had like a deleted scene in it for featuring the hulk uh people noticed that like the the model they had for the hulk uh was clearly unfinished hmm. and looked like a like a video game cg character <laughs> instead of what was in the actual movie that's why they deleted uh, the scene in the first place <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's the reason why they didn't finish it. Yeah, but they put it in there so that they could get over the Avatar uh, number. Yeah, and it worked, I guess. Mm-hmm. But also they they expect people to pay for essentially what's deleted scenes that are on the the disc itself. Mm. Yeah, yeah. it's like one of those things. Like, yeah, that that shit happens. Yep. Like I would still like that stuff to be in there at the end. Like if you're gonna show, you know, ten minute credits, like. Put some of those delete scenes in there, like give some people a reason to stick around. Yeah. Besides just hoping that there's like a extra credit scene or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on this for for 2020 because yeah. I. This is like the this is the opposite of what we hoped would happen after 
Clue came out in theaters. Yeah. I was like, oh, they could have alternate endings, depending on what theater, what time you go. You could see something different. It's like, no, you're just getting stuff they couldn't finish in time. Yeah. Mm. And you see, that that would have been, like, alternate endings and stuff would have been really cool for something like Knives Out. Like, yeah. that would have been fun. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. There, there's well, possibilities who, who, to explore that. Right. Mm. Who doesn't like seeing that kind of stuff in the end credits, right. you know, like all of that stuff, especially if we're going to sit there and we're gonna watch this shit, you know, like, like as soon as like Scott rise of Skywalker, and we got the fuck up. And I, what shocked me is cause I Googled it. Like, is there uh, an after credit scene just to make sure, you know, cause you never fucking know these days. And right. it was like, yeah. no, there absolutely is not. So I was like, all right, cool. Let's get up and go. And like, it was shocking the amount of people that were still in the theater. <laughs> Waiting. Like, yeah. yeah. So, and, you know, just like, and you know, that pisses off the movie theater people. Like, we got to clean this thing, goddammit. Yeah. Get out, you know? <laughs> well, at least there's less rows to get through now. The, nowadays. Yeah. Uh, ours are converted over to the the, sofa, the, the recliner seats. Hmm. So it's like, instead of like, you know, 10 or 15 rows, it's like six, seven. Yeah. Uh, much bigger space. So you're not like having to squeeze through here and get every little thing. Hmm. Uh as long as people aren't just leaving them in the fucking seats yeah, and all that. Uh, but I did see something really cool. Knives Out, uh, Ryan Johnson just released a commentary podcast you can download from the site so you can go watch it again. It tells you, like, specifically when, like, you see this logo show up, start playing. Okay. You can, like, listen to it on your phone uh, with headphones, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and just listen to commentary while you're playing. It's like, that's really cool. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that that's, cool. and it's and it's free. It's not he's not charging for it or anything. So, that uh, yeah, that's, that's like a really cool thing that you know people should be doing. We, other than saving that for the you know the DVD or DVD Blu-ray release, whatever. We had a I had a blast watching that movie. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I was really surprised at how how much fun it was. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, so let's get to our uh, year-end recap. Uh, we're not going to talk specifics about uh, you know the games that we like this year because we've got articles going up on the site uh, basically as yep. we speak. There's a couple of them up right now and over the next yeah. uh, course of the holiday weeks. There's going to be. I'm guessing uh, we'll probably do that day. the first show back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll recap that when we get back uh, on the fifth, probably. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's just talk about 2019 in general. Uh, so uh, first of all, notable news stories of the year. Uh, I think probably one of the one of the bigger stories for me was the rise of uh, the awareness that people are having about the work conditions that uh, you're yeah. starting to see in studios. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, the, the the story of crunch in. Uh, not just in game development, but software development in general, has been fairly well known for a long time. But this year in particular, the whole story finally just blew up. And I'm not exactly sure what it was exactly that start that really kind of triggered the whole thing. Um the general stories that usually end up getting are, you know, the story of when Red Dead came out last year and we found out about, you know, what it was working for Rockstar. Yeah. Um, but we also started getting the stories of what it's like to work at Epic on Fortnite. Yeah, Nether Realm on Mortal Kombat 11 and Yeah. 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 
Riots, um, that whole story. Riot in particular was the big one because that wasn't just uh, the long hours and forced overtime, but also corporate culture yeah. over there as well. Harassment, um, uh, discrimination. Yeah, so much were. so that they actually had a big, massive walkout yeah. happen. Uh, so, yeah, um, I think one of the really big ones that helped trigger it was when the one of the uh, top people at the AFL-CIO started having articles posted on places like Kotaku, specifically about, um, you know, whether or not game developers should consider unionizing. Yeah. Which was especially a big deal because that means that like actual major organized labor organizations in the United States are actually paying attention. Yeah, yeah. In twenty twenty, this is going to become an even bigger deal because as like uh, the the wheels started turning in twenty nineteen, but I think the momentum's going to build. Yeah. Um, and given the the way that a lot of these you know big AAA publishers are have been handling things like Activision laying off a whole bunch of people and then claiming the biggest the biggest uh, revenue that they've had in in years, uh, it's yeah just, that was insanely slimy yeah yeah just goddamn yeah yeah I would even this has just been that. a long time coming I think yeah yeah mm-hmm. I would even add to that the harassment sexual harassment and all that yeah uh, with the riot story. Uh, where you see, like, there's a pervasive history of that, that the that guy is still there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one guy that was uh, cited for, like, farting in people's faces and uh, making suggestive comments and all that to women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all that, and, like, that guy's still there. Uh, that's all, how fucked up that is. Yeah. That whole thing. Well, I don't like painting with a broad brush on this kind of thing, but, you know... I'm going to anyway. I'm going to fucking stick it in the fucking paint barrel and start slapping shit around. A lot of gamers aren't very good people, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And uh, same, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> no, but the reason I'm saying that is these same people are the ones that work at these companies. So, like, this this kind of behavior I don't think should be shocking to anybody. Um, I think what is more interesting is that now it seems like people are finally catching on to how many shitty people work in these companies um, and you know are seemingly wanting to do something about it, which I feel is definitely trending in the right direction yeah. but um, you know these these same these same people that are the ones you know that are sitting there fucking attacking women online and doing all these other things you know the the, the white boys that use the n word when they're on xbox live mm-hmm. they're the ones going to work for these companies yeah. so this kind of behavior, you know, in a corporate culture, is, I mean, this kind of behavior period is not acceptable. But um, I, I have to say, I do like the fact that this kind of behavior is being exposed because it's just, I mean, I work, I work in an office, you know, and just some of the stuff that that I've read about, like, would just never fly in any other place that I've worked. Um, and then not just that; it's just kind of like the thing. I'm also raising a child, and it's like I, everybody that that behaves this way it's like damn i really want to slap the shit out of your parents yeah like just how did no one tell you that this kind of bullshit behavior isn't acceptable like what the fuck is wrong with you yeah so i mean if i did some of that some of that stuff when i was uh when i was young i would be like over my dad's knee getting my ass whipped you know uh you don't you just don't do that you got to be raised properly and i think that's uh, the problem with this, uh, you know, laissez-faire parenting that 
that we're seeing yeah. these days. It's like yeah. Hmm. Though I think the internet has also played a big part in that. Yeah, uh, people getting into their bubbles on your know, Reddit, 4chan, all that, to a, mm-hmm. where they're learning. You know, probably not even necessarily showing it around their parents or whatnot. Mm. Of like learning these shitty attitudes mm-hmm. towards women and minorities and all that. Yeah, yeah, kind of stuff that you know, because it's on the computer and their parents probably aren't if they're not literate enough to manage that stuff or just don't like somehow trust the kid to like don't get into that shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, it's pretty easy to hide that stuff. Yeah. 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 You have to be, you have to be on top of it. That's one of the things that we've definitely been on. Like it's, it's one of the things that I am surprised at when my son tells me some of the shit that his friends are allowed to play. And I'm like, yeah, well you're not playing in my house cause daddy plays games too. So I'm not letting you do that bullshit. And <laughs> it's just, you know, the other thing too is that not my kid is extremely well adjusted. Thankfully. Um, but one of the things that we haven't, we really haven't had to worry about either is just the, uh, the whole social media thing. And, you know, he does watch a lot of YouTube and and there have definitely been some conversations that we had about YouTube, but, you know, just actually just the other day we were talking about, um, how, you know, he needs to, since, you know, he's, he's, he's a different generation, you know, so he's used to seeing these personalities and stuff that I just, again, I don't go to YouTube to, to see that stuff. Like even, even people that I, I tend to, you know, agree with most of the time, I think the only person that I would regularly, if, and it's definitely not even a regular thing, but the only person's videos I would probably check out is not because of their personality, be the, it'd be the digital foundry guys. Yeah. Um, and Tim Rogers. Cause I think Tim Rogers is fucking hilarious, but it's never, but that's never anything where I'm like, I'm going to sit down and watch the new Tim Rogers video. Like it just, that's just not how I consume that kind of content. And but we did have a conversation to, to the point we had a conversation about like, you know, pay attention to what some of these guys you're watching say, because a lot of these guys, frankly, are dirtbags. Like, I'm, and you know, thankfully, he doesn't seem to be into anybody that is that way. Yeah. But I'm like, watch. You know, much of these guys are like, you know, alt writers. You know, and and or just have some really fucking weird ideas about things. Yeah. And you know, so if you come across that kind of stuff, like the key thing for you to watch out for, son, is that they're just airing grievances about how they feel like they have been maligned or cast out or anything else like that. And that's this is that pathway to leading to believing crazy shit that these these alt-right people believe like so you know if you start getting into that like we're gonna have a conversation about it and then if you keep going i'm gonna beat the brakes off your ass yeah um yeah like the thing i do with youtube is like if anything that's potentially sketchy i open it incognito so i don't want it infecting my account yeah i'm using to watch it until i can vet that it's not what it could be yeah. Well, it's just for me. I just, I now, I just want to stay the fuck away because it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to waste time fucking with this. And not just that. Like, one of the things I, you know, I don't think my son is going to be that, um, I guess, susceptible to a lot of it because he is a minority. You know, he's he's half Puerto Rican, he's half Hispanic. So, you know, I think he's, I think he's keenly aware um, that even though he looks white, he is not. Yeah. And. Um, so I think it's one of those things that he thinks about and, and, you know, there, there have been people that have rolled up on him. I know, um, you know, that, that have thought he was definitely white and he is not. Um, and you know, that you can, you can kind of get that, uh, those kinds of looks, you know? So yeah. I don't know. I just, I, that just the whole exposure, that's one of those things where I'm like, God, we should just burn it to the ground. That's, that's kind of the fascinating thing about YouTube for me this year is, uh, they 
can't seem to do anything right. Doesn't matter what they try. Uh, they're at such a scale that literally anything they do is going to piss somebody off. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, honestly, the most egregious thing that they have besides giving alt writers a platform is constantly asking me if I want to try YouTube Premium. <laughs> Ad block. I never see that. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, Am I the only one who is just uh, the, with the state of the way social media is now that, especially YouTube, that I've actually started longing for the days of the Sponge Monkeys again? <laughs> And I'm just I've just kind of stepped away a bit. Like I don't really get on Facebook to get into arguments anymore or any other that. I just I post up fucking stupid shit that I find funny. Yeah, I've and like I, too. I, I I stick. I'll try and you know try to go to forums from time to time. You know I, I do like reset era for the most part, but I, I'm just turned away by the sort of the hive mind mentality that I'm seeing um, on the internet. Maybe it was always there. But, you know, and I hate to be that old guy, but, like, I remember when we were all at GameSpot, right? Right, yeah. And and you – there was a plethora of different opinions, and I remember interacting with the internet at that time, you know, probably from, like, 2000 to, like, maybe 2010, 2011, um, in just a completely different manner in which I do now. And I think part of it is my age, but I think the other part of it is is that um, – I think it's very easy for people to sort of like put rose tinted goggles on and they're definitely goggles. They're not glasses um, when it comes to these things. But I feel like back in the day when I would get engaged with people for the most part, both sides were being intellectually honest. And I, and I, I feel like that's the biggest thing that's missing now is the intellectual honesty about what you're discussing. Because now, now the internet just seems like for the most part, it's just this giant, rage repository like that's what twitter is like what we were talking about a few minutes ago like anybody will get mad about anything you know and and it's just i can't i can't deal with it man life is so fucking difficult for the most part you know and i don't need to then try and unwind and then go online and just be fucking slapped in the face with how awful everything can be or is or whatever like like really and even even talking about games a lot of my interactions with games you know, and Pat knows this. Hell, there's times back in SRK and then like the old GameSpot days, the old Game Addicts days. You know, I would write yeah. pages and pages of shit, you know, like breaking that stuff down. I just don't – I don't have the inclination to do it because I don't know if the people that I'm engaging with are also doing it in good faith. So that's why I like to do it with you guys if there's something we disagree about, which we don't really do. Um, but beyond that, I just – I just don't want to do it. Like it's, it's, you, it's, it's, you see it so much. Like you see it with fandom in general with everything. Either this is the greatest thing ever or it's a piece of shit. There's no, no middle ground for nuance or anything else like that in these types of discussions. And like even, even people that I, I do like their opinions, like Jim Sterling, and for the most part, there's just, it's, it's peppered with this like sheen of nastiness that I just don't want to. I don't want to interact with. And this is coming from a guy who would rip everyone three new assholes on the old SRK forms. <laughs> like I just I, I just felt like what I was doing then and what these people are doing now are different because it's cynicism for cynicism's sake. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just have a huge I have a huge issue with it. So it really limits my interactions. And it's one of the things I'm very concerned about with my kid because he's more connected than we ever were, you know, Um and then just where that can lead you. Because like what Chris was talking about doing that incognito window, you can end up as particularly with YouTube, just getting into this weird like reverberation chamber 
where you can watch mm-hmm. videos and stuff like this where you, they will convince you that you were a victim mm-hmm. over anything. You know, yeah. whether, like like you're a victim because you didn't like The Last Jedi or so, like just insane shit, yeah. you know, and it's like that's just not that's not how life works, you know, but the the Internet is really at this point is really sort of siloed most people so that they can just feel enraged and victimized at the same time all in their little corner and i find a huge chunk of that is on youtube because they're not filtering any of that stuff yeah well granted they're trying because it's, it's uh, what gets views yeah let's be honest yeah. like I well, just... it's, it's sort of it's like the media problem right like you 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 listen to anybody like uh, i'm actually uh, i really like chris cuomo from cnn i don't really watch a lot of news anymore but you know one of the things and I, I listen to his radio show i don't i don't watch cnn and one of the things that he says a lot is he's like there are a lot more things that i would like to cover but you guys won't watch it and that's the youtube model as well like these alt writers and all these people that are on the website getting these views they're still there for a reason and that's because money is being generated and that's that's the other cynical part about it is like this isn't about an exchange of ideas it's really about an exchange of anger and money and I'm just stepping away from a lot of it. It just doesn't, it doesn't do anything for me. And I'm, yeah. I'm worried about that for my kid because it's like, this is what you're, this is what you're going to be raised around. You need to be even more vigilant about things that are fake and things that are not true and all these other things than I'll ever have to be. Yep. Yeah. You know, probably the other big thing that, uh, it has come up this year, uh, is, uh, companies who don't want to be political, even though they kind of are. And this goes from everything, like, uh, from, like, the small stuff, from, like, you know, the Division 2. Yeah. And uh, Ubisoft's like, no, we're not trying to get political, even though the game takes place in the bombed-out ruins of Washington, D.C. Yeah. And literally the beginning of the game is you're storming the White House. (laughs) Yeah. That's not political, really. No. Not political at all. Then it goes to the other sort of major... I would say elephant in the room, but more like the dragon in the room, (laughs) which is that because the uh, Chinese market has grown so much over the years, uh, that means that – and because the interconnectedness of the gaming world, it means that uh, the – the standards of the world and the standards of what is allowed in China end up – Bumping up against each other, sometimes in spectacularly awful ways. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, a certain event that happened with Activision Blizzard when a Hearthstone was it Hearthstone? Yeah, yeah. Hearthstone. Yeah. It was a Hearthstone player. Yeah, it was. Showed his support for the protesters in Hong Kong, which meant that he ended up getting. Uh, was well, it? I think he was. Disqualified. He got banned for a year. And they 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 got it down to a few months, but yeah, he was banned. Took his took his prize money, uh, and then it what made it you know if what made it worse was that Blizzard was basically at first trying to do everything to ignore it, and then when they did acknowledge it, they did it in such a haphazard and kind of two faced way. Where on the one shady. hand, they tried to, like, in the Western market, they tried to, like, you know, we did a thing, we're sorry we did it, it was bad, yeah. you know. And then you go over to China, where they basically bowed down and kowtowed to the Chinese government, trying to, you know, and it just, it, it was, it was, you know, it was, it, people, people can, most people can see through bullshit. Mm. 
and that's yeah. what happened here. Yeah. Yeah, it's still that still, thing is still going on. So like there was a recent uh, football player, football as in soccer, uh, in Europe who was talking about it. Yeah, made some comments, and then it's like the teams like distancing themselves from his comments. It's like, yeah, people still dealing with this shit. Yeah, because uh, yes. yeah, uh, yeah, like the the thing about not getting political. Like I even saw Activision. Uh, Bobby Kotick saying that about Call of Duty. It's like, oh, that's you're making, <laughs> you're Call saying of, the yeah. Call of Duty modern warfare, modern warfare about yeah. modern events, not even, I mean, referencing anything specific, but making it about the way modern warfare is and using stuff like white phosphorus as a, a weapon in the multiplayer, which is like something that people very much are specifically like, this is heinous shit to, to use on actual humans, much less promote as like a kill streak reward in a video game and you're trying to like say that this was isn't one political. of the plot white phosphorus was like one of the plot points of spec ops the line mm. yeah yeah and they were definitely not saying like oh that spec ops the line is not political <laughs> that was the whole point of the game no <laughs> they were this like is very much yo. a commentary on uh you know how shitty warfare is and all that yeah yeah, so, so yeah. The, the big problem uh, is it, it boils down to the fact that these companies are beholden the shareholders and the uh, entire point of their existence is to continue to grow and grow and grow, even if that expectation is completely unreasonable. Uh, you can't make yeah. all of the money in the world. No, you can't. You can't not- make money and say it's not political in any way. Like inherently, right. it's, corporations are with, political. Well, especially when those those dollars are going to probably just based on how things are going, going to supply something that or, or uh, give money to something that somebody doesn't like. Like the biggest thing, the biggest surprise to me, um, out of this entire uh, ordeal with the whole politics and things like that, that I, I just I got to say that I really liked is the fact that I feel like we might be sort of riding the crest of a wave. Where when you look at the stuff about overtime and people being really kind of incensed about that, you look at the stuff where all these companies not wanting to get political and all of that. And then what we're about to jump into when it comes to like loot boxes and subscription services and all of that stuff. Like it seems like we might finally be getting to a point where people are like, you know what? I don't don't, fuck this. You know, it's this is too much. Um and I'm really going to be curious to see how this plays out because this is one of those things that I've been waiting on. Like, okay, finally, you know, this this seems to be what should be happening. You know, this is this kind of stuff should outrage people. Yeah. You know, uh, because the fact of the matter is, is that we have, in my opinion, I think we sort of have a responsibility to deal with the type of situations that that people are put in based on the things that we want to consume and particularly with the the politics the politics one you know we you can go back you know when we when we jumped into that whole blizzard fiasco i think we talked about just that for an hour but you know this is this is something that put blizzard on its ass they just were not expecting this to happen they had no idea what to do and they had no idea how to respond which is to that point, you know, that Phil brought up, like where it's really just about these shareholders and making this money and then trying to figure out, you know, how do we, how do we tow that line? And 
I think that you can also now, granted they're not a game company, but I think that there's a lot of money to be made um, by going with with some of these businesses that frankly stick to their ideologies. And the reason I, the reason I said this uh, is they're in a video game company. A good example I think is Dick's Sporting Goods. You heard all of these people screaming up and down when they took assault rifles out of their store um, that they never shopped there and Dick's was going to go out of business and everything. And they made more money since then. Hmm. And it was because and, – and you know I think they attracted people that um, would probably not have even thought about shopping there just because of that. And those people that were going to be bent out of shape about them not selling guns or you know those assault rifles, they were going to shop there anyway. Yeah. You know, um, and, and so, uh, you know, and going back to the Internet culture, the people that call other people snowflakes and all that shit. These are the same people that don't care about long hours, about the politics or anything else like that. But I'm starting to really think that maybe they're a lot more of a minority because I do think that you can see these companies that um, are willing to sort of take a stance um, and not and not be punished for it. As long as it's the thing that essentially whatever your definition of right is. Um, makes sense. And you could argue that the Dix thing is also calculated. You know, probably all these people that want to buy these guns are, are, are probably not our age, you mm. know? Um, and, and, you know, that's a whole different conversation, but trying to cater to just one specific group and alienate the rest doesn't seem to be that, that doesn't seem to be working. But if you're just trying to take a stand and go, you know what, this is like Blizzard could have fucking solved everything and been like, look, yeah, we want to do business in China. But um, you guys can't be shooting protesters. That's fucked up. Yeah. If they had said that, what realistically could anybody get mad about? Yeah. Well, China would have gotten mad about it because it's like, oh my yeah. god, you're you're criticizing our our decisions, our government, everything, our yeah. whole way of life. Yeah, yeah, and the thing is, is that that's that's part of that cynicism that we were talking about yeah. because you know there's some board members that were like. Well, we we got to we got to get you know we got we just got to make sure that we're in there. We can make as much money as possible. Like, money ain't everything. I don't give a fuck. Even if you are a corporation or whatever, like, there has to come a point where you have a reckoning with that idea of profits over everything. And and that's just the general point that I'm getting to. If you look at all of the trends of the year and the notable stories, that seems to be the big part of it. Is is people bucking against this idea that profits are everything. Mm-hmm. And that, like, in all the stories that you have listed there, that's kind of the biggest thing that that sticks out to me is that maybe the gaming community is finally getting frustrated. Yeah. Finally. Because, you know, for the longest time, gamers are like, fuck it, you know, I have a huge problem with this, but I'll still buy it, you know. Yeah. And, and we seem to be kind of, I think, trending away from that, which, thank fucking God. Yeah. So, all right, so we'll get to the trends of the year then. So uh, we'll go right into loot boxes because uh, – They've been getting a lot of heat this year. There's been several countries that have been looking in on them for, uh, well, whether they're actual gambling and a couple of countries that have actually found that they were. Uh, You have, like, religious organizations that are going, yo, no, just no. Which is not what I would expect from uh, the, you know, the Church of France. But okay, that happened. Uh, Yeah. And uh, as a result, you're you're starting to see some of these games actually starting to like walk this practice back. They did in. Uh, mm-hmm. it, I would say that Rocket League did it, uh, except well, they kind of really didn't. Uh, they did take out the holes. You know, you don't know what you're going to get. Uh, so now it's you know explicit of what uh, what's in that crate that you're getting and the blueprint now. Yeah. So. 
which I guess is progress. I mean, yeah. it's it's something. And they dropped the prices like a few days after that uh, started. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Um, yeah, that was yeah, just a re- these, that was a yeah. readjustment. It was like, whoa, yeah. those prices were just way out of whack. Yeah, yeah. I think companies are starting to realize, you know, uh, the real money can kind of be in this uh, battle passes. Because you get people in, thing. and they know the specific items they're going to get. They just have to play the game, mm. uh, and then along the way, you can drop other stuff in on them if you want. Yeah. Uh, to spice it up, or just to say, hey, if you want to want to progress a little bit easier uh we could just sell you levels outright on this stuff <laughs> yeah <laughs> that i, I still have are, a problem with <laughs> yeah which that is very much a thing foul for that yeah because uh, that's a dota thing hmm. that uh they started back in the day hmm. uh, when that was getting huge in the esports scene yeah still is fucking ridiculous like hmm. uh, i think some of the stuff you get on the the dota 2 battle pass uh aren't permanent no like stuff you get for that event to use. Yep. And then it goes away. And then other stuff you can kind of sell in the, the marketplace, Steam Marketplace. Yep. It makes some of your money back. Which is a whole weird level to it of feeding this really bad practice because the stuff you get out of it you can sell for profit. Yeah. That's a whole weird level to that whole thing. Yeah. Um, I also I myself personally uh, think uh, Jim Sterling is a big part of this. He's sort of been the guy who's been sort of sounding the alarm of this since pretty much yeah. since day one. And yeah. Well, that whole UK report was direct result of him. He was actually quoted in it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it, he's had, there is an effect happening. I mean, uh, I, I like that we're going in the right direction. Uh, and, like, we're starting to see stuff like, you know, Jedi Fallen Order, which came out this year and sold like mm-hmm. gangbusters and it's a single yeah. player game that apparently EA uh, wasn't expecting to do well yeah and it did yeah uh, so now they're going to do two other Star Wars games be- yeah before their Disney license expires yeah um and uh you know just I hope they're more polished yeah yeah, give it give it back to respawn and give them enough of a time frame that they can actually, you know, pull out put it out without having to, you know, put too many patches in it afterwards. Yeah, because that's pretty much you know the reason why respawn was able to do this without as few interferences from EA as possible is basically because respawn saved EA's ass. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. EA was in the red and then. They pretty much put out Apex Legends almost, just specifically, they put out a game almost to die, and then it ended up catching on. Yeah. Well, I also suspect that Hulk Iger had something to do with that. Uh, mm -hmm. (laughs) Because I can't imagine that Bob Iger would have been pretty uh, enthused with the reception that Battlefront 2 had gotten. Yeah. Right, no, there were people that that were, like, messaging Disney and being like, yo, like, you're now being associated with gambling. Mm. And, you know, there's one thing that Disney cares a tremendous deal about. It's it's how they are viewed, frankly, by everyone. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, when, when you start dropping the G word, you know, people are going to pay attention to that shit. And that's mm. exactly what they did. Yeah. Now, uh, we'll see what happens with Overwatch because... Uh, I think they're still one of the big outliers as far as, you know, hanging on to uh, the entire loot box system. 
Uh, you know, Team Fortress 2 still has it, and Counter-Strike you know, still has it. Okay, there's still a bunch of them that still need to get their crap together. Um, so then we can talk about subscription services, which, yeah, a lot of them this year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Game Pass, uh, Ubisoft, whatever, Ubisoft EA Origin Plus. thing, plus Apple Arcade. Yeah, Access, PlayStation yeah. Now. Google Play Pass, Stadia. Stadia, the two that are in Mario Kart World Tour, uh, and uh, I can only wonder, like, if people are just starting to get subscription fatigue when you, you know, pile on stuff like Netflix and their mm-hmm. <laughs> Disney Plus, Prime, well, Disney it has to, Max. Yeah, it, it has to do with the stratification of the content, right? Like, people don't have an issue with subscription models if they only subscribe to one or two things. But if you are spreading out all of the stuff that they want um, across six, seven different services, then people are just going to say, fuck it, I'm not, not going to do this. Like, there's been an uptick in piracy now that all these subscription services have happened. Um, whereas when there were only a few on the market, piracy went down. Yeah. And that was because you were offering people a place to access the kind of stuff that they wanted at a, at a price that they felt was fair. And that's sort of gone out the window at this point. And that's the other thing that you see with these subscription services. I, it's difficult to blame these companies for trying to go the subscription route. If they have a deep bench and they can, you know, really try to um really try to set something up so that, you know, people could, you know, dive into their games. Um a lot of these companies, as far as the stock market go, they care a lot about these engagement numbers. And so having a subscription service can basically, in a way, artificially boost your stock price because it looks like people are constantly engaging with your products, which drives the stock up. I'm sure you guys remember that was one of the things that Activision Blizzard went back to um, after the uh, WoW expansion stopped doing so well. They started talking about how many users were, were – uh, monthly engaged users they had and shit like that mm-hmm. as opposed to we have 10 million subscribers like that kind of thing so um i think that's the other reason that you're seeing this huge push towards subscription models but i don't think it's necessarily working because of that subscription fatigue that we were talking about just a, you know just a minute ago like people are frustrated by that i think you know all the stuff that i've read and i mean fuck you if you just talk about the video on demand stuff what do you have hulu you have disney plus you have whatever nbc's about to launch peacock you have um, uh, well, you got Netflix, obviously. Amazon you have Prime. You got Amazon Prime. You have Apple TV Plus or whatever it's called. I don't know whatever. There's pluses every fucking where. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's just I think it's just Apple TV. Hmm. Um, and plus. then you have what what is uh, who is it? Warner Brothers has something. Yeah. That, well, they're going to be doing HBO yeah. uh, HBO Max, but they had something separated out that. So if you want to watch. Yeah. yeah, if you want to watch DC shows, you have to have a DC subscription. If you want to watch Cartoon Network, you have to subscribe to Boomerang. Like, there's just all of these things. Uh, CBS has CBS All Access, um, and I just I don't man, I don't agree with it. Like, I feel like this is the kind of thing where you know you're just jamming people up, and I think you're starting to see the, that that pushback from people. Like, what the fuck am I subscribing to this for? You know, I'll just pop in and pop out. You know, if there's something that I actually want to watch or play in. Plus, I think the subscription model. I think the the better way to do it, frankly, is what like Game Pass is doing or what Nintendo is doing with the Nintendo Online stuff with like the Super Nintendo and the NES games because otherwise, um, with as quickly as games drop in price, what's what's even the point of you know doing the subscription when you'll probably just be able to get this shit you know ten twenty bucks you know in three months of right. it being out. Yeah. 
You know, I think that's the other thing is, you know, game prices when it comes to that stuff, man, they just, they fall like rocks. Yeah. So why would you, you know, why would you spend the $15 a month or whatever the subscription price is when three, four months down the line, they'll basically be liquidating that shit, you know? Yeah. So, so with Microsoft, they're just tanking their prices essentially. Like uh, my subscription would have ended in June last year. And so with the, the initial test of the extension thing for Ultimate, uh, that pushed it to December, and then I did some rewards thing for a month. You had to do these like specific things in their uh, their PC version that gave me an extra month. Oh there. yeah, and then yeah. for being ultimates or having gold or whatever, they gave people like a, a free like three month thing for, for Discord Nitro. Uh, yeah. And from that, they had a special on Nitro that if you had that, you got three months of Game Pass translated into two months of ultimate right which then if you allow them to turn on auto renewal and you get one more month it's like all this bullshit you go through to extend it like i'm almost there to a year of not paying for gold or live for a which, game pass which is, it's just weird as hell yeah i feel like that's them just trying to hedge their bets because you, you know they're not making money on it but i feel no, like that's i haven't literally spent money on it right just me like spending the, time that's on their reward stuff for right. being and people and people jump through those hoops all day long. You know, there's, they feel yeah. there's value to it. I think the big thing they're doing with that is the reason they're doing it this way is because they're just trying to set up for, for next gen. You know, if you already have people in the ecosystem, then buying your next console is really a no brainer. If you want to maintain it, if you, if you, yeah. if you feel like there's value in what you're getting, then a lot of people are going to be much more ready to jump to the next console than wait around. Like, and do what they did this past generation, which was, you know, basically tell Microsoft to kick rocks. I'm going to go buy a PlayStation 4 because you produced a piece of hardware that was shittier and more expensive mm-hmm. and was yeah. tied to something nobody fucking wanted. Like, no, we're not going to do that. We'll just go with, you know, we'll go with, with Sony who said $400 and, you know, didn't dick around with this idea that you might not actually own your games. Yeah. Yeah. So, which they've ultimately gotten to through of course they Pass, have. Yeah. which is the, but the ironic the part thing. is. The ironic part about the whole thing is that if they just came out with that initially, I don't think people would have been like I don't think people would have been turned off by it. But it was this whole uh, idea like the thing that the thing that was so frustrating to me when they were when they were doing the messaging and it just and Pat remembers this because I was going off like every day about it was because um, like Matrick was acting like a spoiled little bitch like. Yeah. They won't let us do what they what we want to do. Like, and the, you'd hear all this stuff like behind the scenes. It was like, but guys, if they just let us do this, then eventually we do like Steam like sales. And we were like, and at the time, nobody was doing those kinds of discounts on no. on games. And so it was like, bitch, no one believes you. Mm, like yeah. you, you're Don Matrick. No one believes you. Yeah. And, and there's no consistency in the message because depending on yeah. which exec you were talking to uh, during that whole reveal. You got different answers. And like yeah. the media that were there were like comparing notes. Like, wait, what? They told you this? They said this. What? That's not what, what, about, what, about not what this I was guy? told. Yeah. Uh, it's like, how do you not go to this big reveal event with that with the same messaging from everybody? How come you like didn't, the, how come you didn't think this through, Don? Yeah. yeah. And it showed that they did not have anything in concrete for their plans. Nope. You know, six months before launch. Which made so much sense because they got the blowback. I'm like, all right, we're changing, you know, this, this, and this. Yeah, we're gonna have, you know, an offline mode and all that. And it's like you've killed yourselves from day one because yeah. you've messaged you a completely different thing too. than what your 
going to do also saying like we're just going to change a bunch of this stuff yeah. and it's taken even to this point to start to turn things around on the messaging front yeah and i just commented a little bit about about game pass because uh for me like you know microsoft puts their stuff on their day one and i find that really interesting because they're they seem to be developing their games uh to support game pass first uh, their monetization that they're using for, you know, stuff like Gears 5, Forza Horizon 4, it's all free-to-play monetization. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, for them, I think they're developing these games as free-to-play first and any, you know, actual sales that they get is a bonus. Uh, yeah, and that kind of consistency be. of content being added, whether it's new items or, uh, you know, like Forza Horizon just added the, the Battle Royale mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have like car passes. Gears has their own things, uh, especially like you'll log in by now and you'll get Dave Batista skin, uh, thing like that. And see if these is like that. Though they don't think they have microtransactions in that just yet. Uh, and it's creating this whole wave of endless games that is cool in some aspects because like Sea of Thieves was not very good when it came out. Yeah. Now it's gotten better, but you know, depending on the type of person you player you are. Yeah, that might not be the kind of game you want yeah. out of that kind of thing because you can't really play a solo in any way. I, th- I think they're, with other I think they're working the on that. The like solo instances are probably coming, but I don't know yeah. how this can even work. That still be like two years after launch. Yeah, that's like if it takes you two years after launch to get to that point, it's not an audience you're going to keep around. Yeah, because the people you're keeping around are those that you know have the crew that they can. Uh, jump into with and they probably still enjoy getting in check out the new content all that kind of stuff hmm. and it's like the same with all these others like I jumped back into Forza Horizon 4 and like just waiting for you know to get to 9 o'clock so I can do the stream I was just playing the regular game it's like yeah this is the reason why I don't play this too much because I'm just driving around literally just driving around in the hilly area so I can get the the, the skill uh, multipliers up uh, just to get the the tokens that let me max out the car. That's the part of the Forza-thon uh, thing for this week. Yeah. That to have a specific car that I don't really like because uh, it's like a dumb like C level car or something like that. You know that is kind of ugly and all this. And it's like yeah, I could customize it, but who gives a shit really? Yeah. Uh, you know it's that kind of they trivialized a lot of the content with that because it's like it's constantly wants you to switch cars and do these different events and it's you know i never really reached a point where i leveled up those uh, specific disciplines of events and felt like oh this is i've reached the end of this it'll Hmm. just keep throwing as much as i can it's like well this is never going to end i don't see an end point why do i want to keep playing this yeah it's like that's why i like burnout paradise it's like there's an end there's you reveal all the uh, events on the map, and that's all that you can do. Yeah. And I just go and do, do them, and they're done. Well, yeah. at least not until you get to the final tier of the the driver license, but that's the weird way that that whole progression is set up. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's working for them for engagement metrics, I assume. But I assume on a... Uh, you know, people beating the game is probably less than before. Yeah. Well, uh, it's impossible now. <laughs> yeah, for some of those, like, I don't know that you can beat Forza Horizon 4. Yeah. Maybe not, I don't know. It yeah. just keeps throwing content at you. 
And that's uh, kind of one of the know, things that I, I really think these companies need to learn in the in the coming years is that engagement does not mean enjoyment. Yeah. Hmm. Like, because there was that period of, like, mobile gamers, like, okay, I got to log into this game to get the daily uh, daily bonus to make sure I got my streak going. I got to log into this game and this game and this game. is like, this is becoming a fucking job. Right. Uh, and console games are getting to that point. Uh Luckily, Rocket League isn't yeah. like that. It's where I, <laughs> I just have to log on once a week just to I can see what the, the quests are for the for the battle pass, but I can also come back the week after that and still work on those. Yeah. I don't miss anything versus like seeing like, oh, there's this it's holiday event. FOMO. And, it's that FOMO bullshit. Yeah. yeah, it's like I'm not getting all the content I could, could have for this game, and I'm starting to get to the point where it's like, okay, you're not doing anything interesting. Here, it's like it's snowing now. It's like okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. it's like every other week. Every week, you know, Forza Horizon Four has a different uh, weather pattern on. Yeah, okay. and it's, it's like okay, I've played it for four weeks. I've seen it all. All right, we're done. Yep. It's just you know, no, uh, no real crazy stuff outside of this battle royale. That's the first thing hmm. that took a year and a half after, or a year or so after launch, to uh, actually happen. Yeah, which, so that's like the most exciting thing they've done. Yeah, which kind of ties into the you know whole cloud gaming thing that we're seeing this year. I mean, I can do that on the road. Yeah, now you can do all of your junk on the road on any device. Now uh, you can log in anywhere, so you can make sure you don't miss the dailies. Yeah, so you had uh, you know PlayStation Now doubled down. Uh, they they did a price drop, uh, yeah. getting it to kind of where it needed to be. Uh, you mentioned that you can months, subscribe to PlayStation Now and then also download the games locally, which is something I did not yeah. know. Yep. Yep. Mm. It's about 300 of the 800 games. Yeah. Uh, the other 500 are PS3 games. Well, yeah, that's kind of a problem. There's like a really weird selection, too. Like, there's Telltale stuff in there. Yeah. That, like, I'm talking about, like, the, uh, what was it, the the dumb internet uh, uh, series they made. Mm. It's based on, I forget the, I forget, but. It's like one of those old series they made before The Walking Dead, yeah. before they went to the the heavy uh, the heavy rain style games. Okay. It's like how the hell is this still up? <laughs> the company didn't exist. Yeah. It's like weird stuff like that, and they have like two seasons of Sam and Max on there. Yeah. Uh, a lot of cool stuff on there. Like it's yeah. pretty cool from an archival perspective to be like, oh yeah, this is a lot of the weird like stuff that Sony published on PSN. Uh, stuff like uh, uh, there's a it's like a game that's about uh, like it's kaiju kind of thing, but you have different body parts to stick together for different kinds of attacks and all that kind of mm. stuff. Uh, there's a lot of weird stuff that Sony published last year, and that's like, yeah, it's awesome that it's here. Yeah, uh, oh. I hope Game Pass eventually gets up to that point because uh, they're like BC stuff isn't quite there yet. No, uh, especially their Xbox stuff is not where you really want it. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm hoping that the well. Series X or whatever it ends up being called uh, yeah. addresses. Well, I mean, they, they'll have enough power to brute force it. So. And do you need Series X to access xCloud? That... <laughs> uh, any device. Any device. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, yeah it's, that's really weird, but yeah. Yeah, so yeah actually, Cloud Game is getting there. I, I'm uh, actually kind of excited for it. Yeah. You know, just like the the idea of it rather than maybe the execution. But I got that's another yeah. thing I got to give Microsoft well, credit for. Like the idea that I could whip out my phone um, and, and play something, man. I just 
that is enticing to me simply because my gaming is so stratified now. Anyway, I can't really sit in front of the TV that often. Mm. Uh, so being able to, to play things in chunks if, if you know, I'm like today would have been a perfect time to fucking have Project X Cloud. I had to take my kid to urgent care. We were there from 10, like 10.05 until like 1. Mm. And I was just sitting there on my phone like shit, I could have been playing something, you know. Yeah. And Well, I can confirm that uh... – Game Pass and xCloud are going to be tied together. Uh, I was listening to Windows Weekly this week, and they had uh, uh, Microsoft's chief marketing officer, Chris Capicella, on, and that was one thing that uh, he pointed pointed out. It's like, uh, when we made the announcement of the of the Series X, we also talked about Game Pass and xCloud, and how those two would be tied together, and nobody picked up on that. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, so you're basically what it's going to boil down to is your xCloud subscription will, well, xCloud subscription, your Game Pass subscription will also let you just go and straight up use xCloud for any of those games that are on the service. Now okay. it starts to become very, very interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see like what, how xCloud fits into their overall strategy, whether it's going to be like, here's like an xCloud library of extra stuff that isn't in Game Pass that they could potentially do. I don't know. Or if it's just you bought this, you can stream it like remote play and that kind of thing. Yeah, they weren't uh, – he wasn't too sure, too clear on whether you I imagine they're still waiting to yeah. get it to a point where they can actually put it out as a product Yeah. to decide like how they're going to – whether they're going to like, oh, here's another tier of Game Pass. Yeah. Game Pass – X <laughs> that includes for your for your Series X that includes X Cloud in it. Well, the, the more uh, X's right. you put in it, the the, the more gamers yeah. will buy it. It's going to be XXX Game Pass XXX <laughs> uh, with the alternating caps in there. Yeah, uh, it's going to be advertised by Vin Diesel. Game Pass. Mm. Yeah, it'd be like game, uh, Straight Edge Game Pass in <laughs> uh, X Cloud. All that mm. right in there. Yeah. I just found out recently that's what those X's were for. Yeah, straight edge. Maybe like yeah. straight edge or mm. uh, you do weed but not alcohol. Like I, I was like, I had no idea. Mm. I just thought that was just fucking internet. Yeah. People are like, oh, the X's look cool when mm. they like this. And I imagine some of those people probably did. Yeah. Good. I think it was just that. But At least Microsoft isn't like charging you to be in the X Cloud beta like Google. No. So no, there's that. You just have to somehow make it work. I'm still in the process of trying to figure out how to how to make it work because <laughs> I have an older Android phone that it works but not quite because you can't map the controls so it was weird on my Xbox One controller yeah and then Xbox One controllers are not great at syncing at things because nope. it can only be synced with one thing at a time so if you try to sync it to that then you have to sync it back to your console or your PC and then it's like oh god just let me just plug this fucking thing in so I don't have to fucking deal with this anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, I like the idea of cloud gaming. Uh, I think it's really going to boil down to, you know, internet connectivity and the execution. If it's whether yeah. if it's a package that people actually want. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of limited just in where you can use it. Yeah. Because well, like if you're, cause if you're just at home, unless you're in a situation where like the kid or the wife is taking over the TV and it's like, well, I can play on the phone. Like that's okay. Sure. But mm. if you have your own setup, like it's not, it's just an extra screen you can yeah. throw in there, I guess. Yeah. It, Cause you're going to have one screen, the Netflix and you're going to stream onto your phone. And, then, and it's like, almost it kind of starts to be like, there's too many fucking screens. 
Mm. It's too much. We're getting to idiocracy where you have the TV with the the nine different things going on it. Yeah. And then ads all around it because you got to make sure there's ads. Yeah, that's I'm just going to say, like, to. I'm one of those people that will, when I watch something, there will be no other screens around me at all. Uh, it's like, if I'm going to sit down and watch The Expanse, that's all I'm doing. I don't care about whatever's going on on the internet. Uh, it's just, I'm going to focus on that. But yeah, maybe I'm just old school that way. I don't know. Uh, I think for me, I definitely have to have the audio of the thing I want to be paying attention to, uh, hearing to me so like I can have it streaming on my like Netflix on my PC and just have the audio to my headset and I can play games or whatever. And I'm uh, at least hearing what's being said and what's going on. Hmm. I can look over at it and see it in like the, the corner of my eye or whatever. Mm. Yeah. Like a, at least a little bit like a podcast kind of form of it. Yeah. It still works out pretty well for the most part. Yeah. So, all right. So let's move on to our next thing. And, uh, you know, I, I think Lee will probably be the only one who will appreciate what the fuck Intel. Yeah. yeah. Dear yeah. God. What the fuck? Uh, basically, everything that Intel did this year was just straight up bananas. Uh, launching a, pro- a processors, well, several processors that really didn't offer anything. It was just rebrands. Uh, you have, I think, I don't know, seven, eight, nine. I lost count of how many security vulnerabilities there were. Uh, yeah. So, like, those CPUs that you got are now getting slower because of all of that. Uh, what else have they done? Oh, yeah. Uh, the the really uh, dirty, dirty pool thing that they did this year was... Uh, uh, moving the embargo date up uh, on the uh, their high-end 10.988XE reviews uh, so that they specifically couldn't have uh, the reviews of the AMD Threadrippers that would have been up later. Uh, so that was just stupid. Uh, this is one one company that's kind of reeling right now. They, they've been caught uh, just completely flat-footed by, by AMD and how well they've been doing. Uh, yeah, it's one of those things where you can tell Intel has been on top for so long that they were like, wow. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want AMD to just take over and whatnot, because I, I, competition is good for everybody. Uh, but it's it's really coming down to a, a point where Intel just doesn't have anything to compete with because of all the problems that they've had with their process. And yeah, they're... They're really they're really struggling right now. And next year, maybe they'll be able to turn it around. But as it is right now, uh, AMD is eating their lunch. Um, I mean, they're they're still huge in the server market, but I don't know how that's going how long that's going to last. Because um, see, there, there's a thing in the business world where uh, if you can't provide the product to the people that want to buy it, they'll go elsewhere. That's the problem Intel's been having, the biggest one. Anyway. Right, and the thing is, for the longest time, they haven't had anybody to go elsewhere. Yeah. You know, like they haven't had, excuse me, they haven't had any competition to have people go elsewhere. Now they do. Yep. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sitting here you know, thinking maybe uh, 3950 Ryzen 9 would be nice to drop into my motherboard here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could use 32 threads. Why not? So that's uh, Intel, and finally the last, uh, and probably the saddest of the year is these prestigious studios that are just basically falling on their faces. Yep. Uh, 
Blizzard happened this year uh, for a lot of Blizzard. Bethesda, Fallout 76, mm-hmm. just has basically yeah. tanked them. Yeah. Uh, who else is this? Bioware. Bioware, yeah. Bioware. So that's, that's three in a year. Yeah. Uh, in very short succession of each other, too. Yeah. And uh, all of them um, chasing that that trend of live services and a, and a consistent monetization. Yeah. Um, it's it, it's uh, starting to make me wonder, maybe this isn't <laughs> sustainable. Uh, I don't think it yeah. is. No. Uh, so that's kind of a bummer, but, you know, we can look ahead to 2020. Yeah. And uh, just wonder, like, what are you guys looking forward to? We got a lot. Cyberpunk. Of fun. Yeah. Cyberpunk. <laughs> I didn't even finish the sentence. It's like, yeah. yeah. Cyberpunk. That, Cyberpunk 2077. Mm. Yeah. That's I have a, a feeling one. I'm going to get that game and I'm going to be with it for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that that's your big one. Yeah, you, you have any others that you're uh, you're hyped for? Uh, well, there's Doom Eternal. Right. Um, let's see. Um, there's a Ghost of Sh- Sh- uh, Tsushima, whatever. Yeah, that's yeah. coming out too. That one's up there. Summer twenty. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's some other ones. Um, hold on, I got to look at the oh, The Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, Neo Two is coming as well. Uh, I think the big one for me is Animal Crossing New Horizons. Oh, yeah. Yep. Hmm. Uh, that'll be fun, especially on the same day as uh, Doom Eternal. Hey, yeah, I, I don't think those audiences <laughs> really uh, cross. There's not a lot of cross-pollination there. <laughs> no. Um, let's see. There's... Uh, let's see. There, like, just on the PS4 alone, uh, we got the Final Fantasy VII remake coming. Mm-hmm. Or at least the first part of it. Yeah. Uh, we got the Avengers game. We got the Resident Evil Three remake. Yeah, there's a good bit there. Uh, uh, yeah, that's just uh, that's just in the first few months. Yeah, there's also uh, stuff that hasn't been announced yet that we're pretty sure is going to come over anyway, like Trails of Cold Steel Four. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the next. There East are game. those two um, Crossbell remakes coming to the PS4 that you know it might finally be time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it seems. Oh, like, and there's uh, also. Uh, well, the, 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 I think they're still coming out next year. I'm not sure. Uh, there's uh, Vampire: The Masquerade Bloodlines too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big one that's coming. Uh, there's also Tales of Arise, which is the next Tales game. Yeah, um, yeah, that's pretty solid lineup we got going forward next year. But mostly, it's going to be Cyberpunk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. King uh, of Fighters 15. Yeah. So, yeah, go ahead, Pat. That's your speaking. Oh, that's, that's it. That's about all we know about <laughs> yeah. it. it. It's, it's happening. That's all we know. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anybody else want to go? Chris or Lee? Uh, I think Ghost of Tsushima is the, the big game for me. Hmm. Uh, that and probably like The Last of Us Part 2. Uh, Axiom Bridge 2, definitely. Hmm. Um,. Stuff like that. Uh, let's see, maybe also, let's see, Psychonauts 2. That's supposed to hit sometime next year. Yeah. It'll be fun to see. Provided it doesn't get delayed uh, again, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, Spelunky 2, I assume, will be out next year. Hmm. Hopefully. Uh, that's been a long time coming as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of stuff to be excited about. And then we just got the launches of the new consoles. Yeah. That'll be fun to see, like, what new stuff they got ready for that 
Mm. Uh, but yeah, like Animal Crossing. I know too much else. What about Nintendo has for next year? Mm. Yeah, well, they, I'm pretty sure they don't have a Metroid because they, they wouldn't have been pushing Action Verge 2 so hard if they did. That's true. Um, yeah. I think I'm actually kind of curious about uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. I think it's a game I'm curious about. Yeah, I'm that curious about out. that one too. Yeah, because it just looks bananas. Yeah, yeah it does. I hope. I hope. Uh, yeah, because that's my hope tried game to, for next year. Yeah, yeah. Anytime they tried to make like action games with the Dragon Ball Z universe has not been going well. No. Like, it was like the Origins mm-hmm. came out uh, two gens ago. It's like, yeah, no, that's that's not it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Cybernet Cyber Connect Two is pretty good about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hopefully they're the ones that get it right, mm. uh, especially because uh, Cyber Connect Two is pretty good all around. Mm. Yeah, they're the anime developer. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that should be interesting game, and that's at least out in a few weeks. So not too much of a wait there. Yeah, yeah, they've got the the Dragon Ball Z license in terms of games like in a pretty good place. Yeah, right now compared to where it was like. Two gens ago or last gen? Yeah, it's kind of a mess. Or it's like, yeah, it was like, hey, we got this Kinect game that's just a, re- uh, a reworking of the the other game that people didn't really like, mm. just <laughs> with most motion controls, so you can feel like you're doing a command. <laughs> I was like, no, this this just doesn't work that way. Yeah. Uh, all right, Lee, or do you want to do anything? Yeah, I mean, the big one for me is Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk Ghost of Tsushima, um, I'm really looking forward to, and I'm really curious to see what the new the new consoles are 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 gonna produce, um, and you know kind of what we're gonna see. That's that's probably the biggest thing that I'm hyped for. Uh, but I'm I'm yeah. so behind, you know, with, with stuff. I mean, there's there's probably fucking 400 games between now and then that I could attempt to try and get to. So, you know, I really just think that that. Um, the big ones, like I said, Cyberpunk and, and Ghost of Tsushima, those are the ones that I'm looking forward to. I can't really think of anything else beyond that, um, with the exception of I want to see what the new tech is going to be. I want to see what uh, what we got coming down the pipeline. Um, I guess really in my head, it's more like my headcanon of like what some of these companies that Microsoft bought out are going to do. I'm, I'm really curious to see whatever Spider-Man 2 is going to be you know, whenever that comes around, um, you know, that, that kind of stuff. I want to see horizon zero Dawn two. stop all the shit that I'm interested in. hasn't really been excited. So with the stuff that is coming out, the big one is definitely, um, is definitely cyberpunk and ghost of Tsushima. Those are the ones, uh, for me. And then, then, yeah, I'm going to just kind of see what, see what gets announced. I'm sure there's going to be a, a, a bananas fucking Nintendo Direct between you know now and like probably what like February or March it'll have me be like oh shit yeah but um no I just I, I think the biggest thing if I was going to be looking forward towards anything is just being able to play some more stuff with my kid hopefully and and um and just enjoy kind of what what is out there all the stuff that I haven't really had a chance to get to and I'm I'm more interested I think as well. Not so much in big titles. I'm much more interested these days. And of course, I was just talking about two two titles I'm looking forward to are going to be like some of the biggest of next year. But I'm I'm really more more interested now. I think at this point, seeing what what the, the indie scene produces. Um, Action Verge Two actually is one that that I'm going to be you know super looking forward to. Um, 
but just kind of seeing what the indies, you know, indies get producing some of these, you know, more mid tier games that I think are just going to probably come out of nowhere and be a surprise. Like, like the biggest surprise for me this year is, is definitely Disco Elysium. I've never seen anything like that. And this is definitely not a game that, that any huge company would have ever even thought about making. Um, and just, and I think too, just trying to hopefully, you know, I'll be able to find something out there that, you know, provides a different experience in, in a way that I hadn't really seen before. Another another big surprise for me this year that I really enjoyed tremendously was um, was NeoCav, um, which is really in a lot of ways a, a visual novel, um, but it's a lot more engaging than than most visual novels that I've ever played, um, and, and and that goes back to the, to the writing. So um, yeah, like that's that's kind of the stuff that I'm I'm looking forward to. Really, more of the stuff that really hasn't, frankly, hasn't been announced. Yeah, and just kind of like the idea of what's coming down the line. That's that's really what I'm looking forward to. You know. All right. So for me, well, uh, early on in the year, I'm kind of looking forward to Street Fighter Five Champion Edition. Yes. Uh, uh, I like that. I'm, I'm actually gonna, playing Five right now. Yeah. I, I like that. I'm just going to be able to get everything in just one package now. Uh, yep. So. Uh, and it, it seems like um, this is the edition that's just kind of it's going to be it for a good while. Yeah. Uh, so it, it'll be nice to to let Street Fighter Five have some room to breathe. Uh, so uh, let it ride for a bit. Yeah, and uh, I think that'll probably actually end up being a positive as far as tournaments uh, tournaments go. Yeah. Yeah, it's well less hassles for organizers for and one the thing. constant updates have, I would say, been a detriment. Yeah. Uh, it's like uh, some types of games really don't lend themselves too well to the live service model. Let's just put it that way. Like multiple season passes and you know, characters being released. I, I liked the initial idea of that, but in practice, I don't think it ever actually really works. Uh, well, for me, it was just the, the frequent rebalancings. Yeah. Like, it was nice when... Um, you had your defined updates. Mm-hmm. Um, your character balancing was all at once, and they let it ride until the next full update. Yeah. And obviously, balance is important in fighting games, but you got to let it ride for a while. Yeah. And I think uh, one of the detriments of you know being able to patch games on consoles has been that fighting games have sort of taken the hot-fix approach to extremes. Um, Street Fighter is not as bad for it as, like, Netherrealm. Um, Ed Boon is pretty trigger-happy on those, but um, we're definitely seeing, like, a lot of updates in the moment, and, you know, and I'm not just saying this because I'm the guy who runs the World Warriors video library, and I have to keep all this stuff updated and what have you, but... um, it really, it really takes away from the sense of exploration in fighting games, and yeah. that is such an important part of just being a fighting gamer. Yeah. Uh, the other big problem is it's like if you're going on YouTube, for instance, to, to look up you know uh, strategies and and whatnot, stuff uh, you find is evergreen. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, okay, what version was this recorded on? Uh, oh well, crap. Well, that's been patched, so I can't do that. Uh- that's why I've I've taken the position of just I'm not going to support any um, currently active fighting games yeah. on World Warriors because I don't want to have to do a video purge every single time hmm. a, a game gets updated. Fuck that shit. Yeah. 
so that's the other things that I've been looking forward to. Well, uh, Doom Eternal, I am hopeful for that one. Uh, I like what I've seen, uh, but the last few times that they've showed stuff has been all multiplayer stuff, and I'm kind of wondering if that's going to be where they focus their, their efforts. I hope not, because I have no interest in doing multiplayer. Uh, I do love me some deathmatch, I'll admit. Yeah, I mean, I could get into it every now and then, but it's like the the kind of weird uh, two-on-one, you know, versus modes that they're putting in there. And it's like, uh, no. Or being able to invade somebody's game while they're trying to play a campaign. Like, no. Yeah, that's fucked up. No, just don't want that. Um, hopefully, be well, hopefully, I mean, you'd be able to turn that off. You don't have to mm-hmm. use it, but it's... So it's like uh, I I am hopeful, but I have concerns. Uh, so I'll let that one ride as soon as the, it comes out, and whether I review it or not is going to depend on well several factors, finances being one of them. Uh, because as uh, you might have guessed, there's a lot of games coming out in March. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. So and April and April March and April yeah. and those two months are going to be stacked. Yep. Uh, so and what else? Uh, well, Action Verge two naturally. Uh, mm-hmm. that's going to be yeah. probably the reason I get my Switch, as I mentioned at the top of the show. It's, uh, like, while I would like to be able to play it on PC and be, and have the patience to wait it out until it gets, you know, released, I don't, I don't think I can wait that long. I just, especially when I'm going to be seeing, you know, everybody playing it, and I was like, yeah, okay, now finally I have to get a freaking Switch. Uh, so there's that. Welcome. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll thank Tom over Skype the next, next time I talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so there's that. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077, uh, no no doubt there. Uh, it might, you know, might get me to get an RTX card if I can swing the, swing it. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't, that's not a game I'm going to get on the, on the console. It's just, just not... Uh, well, because of the, I think the interface is probably just going to end up being better on the PC anyway. But there's that. Uh, and then, of course, the the new consoles that we're we're coming up on. Yes, uh, we're going to get it, it's it's weird. There's something about this cycle that actually has me excited. Uh, I don't know if it's the the move to you know mandating really fast storage, which is going to cut down on load times, or uh, you know it's implementing features that are going to be like well you know. Uh, multi-suspend is something that I'm actually kind of really, really stoked for on the PS5, yeah. to be honest. Uh, and, you know, I actually kind of like the look of the Xbox Series X. I might be the one of the few that actually do. Uh, so, I'm looking forward to that. And, of course, the stuff that we haven't uh, heard of yet. You know, there's going to be... Uh, Xseed is uh, probably going to release at least 40 different RPGs uh, over the course of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. You know... It, you got uh, what we have. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Persona Five Royal is coming out this year, well, twenty twenty twenty. So, um, I never played the original, so that's probably going to be a jumping on point for me. So hell yeah, yeah. So, also welcome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, we'll get uh, you playing like all of the Persona by the time this yeah. is. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, and. I just want to see, well, King of Fighters 15, as you alluded to, but I hopefully that's not the only two fighting games we get next year. Yeah, well, 
I'm sure stuff will be um, announced here at Evo Japan. Yeah. There's also um, Undernight, Inbirth, um, Exaclear. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I noticed you had to actually think about that one for a while. <laughs> the naming is getting yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. So... Uh, but yeah, I don't that's... think I don't think any developer is crazier than French Bread with naming their patches and no revisions. No, they have just straight up. And, and what I love is that they're just owning it. And it's like, yeah, yeah, this is insane, and we're totally okay with it. So, uh, and that's so well, pretty much it for me. I mean, there's Ghost of Tsushima, and uh, I'm not really too thrilled about Last of Us Two or Horizon Zero Dawn Two because I haven't played the original yet. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, shame on me. <laughs> well, we got some uh, work for you for the holidays. <laughs> yeah, I got to play a Horizon. Uh, it should be on sale, so I'll probably be able to get it for cheap. Uh, yeah, it's probably like ten bucks or something like that. Yeah. So, um, so that's kind of it. Uh, we uh, will point you over to SmashPad.com, where our uh, Game of the Year articles are showing up on a daily basis. So check that out. Uh, that's going to culminate in a staff-wide article uh, at the end of the year. Uh, so check that out, and uh, we will be back on the 5th of January as far as podcasting goes. Uh, so uh, for Patrick Mifflin, Brandon Perkins, Chris Ologi, and Lee Lamb, I've been Filippo Nelfo, and have a great new year.